Good morning. Our message today comes from the letter of Philippians, chapter 1. Hear these words. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness. How I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight, to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Does everything happen for a reason? Those of you who have short attention spans, yes. But, asterisks. Everything happens for a reason. Now, I'd like to say that this series of That's Not in the Bible really would be titled for me, Awkward Things We Say When Bad Stuff Happens. I mean, there's no class as to what you should say when going through a visitation for a loved one or friend that you deeply miss. It is hard to give care to someone in the midst of the mystery of life and death. Now, I wouldn't be a, a good Bible reader if I didn't tell you at the beginning of the sermon, yes, everything happens for a reason, but not always the reason that we think. Sure, I believe in the doctrine of providence and the doctrine of God. I believe that God created all that we see and the, uh, breathed life into our bodies that that God also formed with his own two hands. Like, like, I get it. I'm there. Genesis 1. But I believe some stuff has happened since that moment of creation. I believe some things have happened uh, in the midst of that that determines and describes how God's provision is given out to us. Everything happens for a reason. But sometimes that reason is based upon the biblical concept of what we sow, we reap. Sometimes that reason is because of the consequences of our sinful actions. God says, don't, and we did it anyways. And then in the end, everything happens for a reason. Because I truly believe, Romans 8, God is working all things together for the good of those who love him. And so let's start from the beginning, talking about Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. First, that reason is this 
Um, sowing and reaping. Now, I'm not talking about your uh, grandmother darning socks. I'm, I'm talking about this agrarian farming principle of what you plant into the ground will bear harvest. You see this throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Essentially, um, the Israelites go from a wandering nomadic tribe into a group of people who inherit uh, and, and live in the promised land, and they become those who not only benefit from the land of milk and honey, but also begin to be the people who produce the milk and honey. And as we get to the time of Jesus, you get this uh, clear understanding as Jesus travels and teaches, he finds the fig tree that has no figs. And he says, well, give it another year. Pile some fertilizer on it and let's see what it produces. And if next year this time there are no figs, then maybe it should be cut down and thrown into the fire. Do do you see this, um, what we invest our time in, what we spend our lives around might actually produce a harvest of fruit or other things in our lives. You could call this the law of cause and effect if you want to. If you're not a, a farming kind of person, I get it. But in that agrarian society, the seeds that you hold were life. And you dealt well with those seeds. The, um, the story of the, the talent is a story of what do you do with your seeds. You remember, you've got the one um, servant who takes care of the master's money, and when the master comes back, he has doubled the master's money, and the, the, the master says, good and faithful servant, you've been responsible for many things. I'll put you in charge of more things. And the second servant uh, has done well, but only increased the talent, the money, a little bit, and the master says, good and faithful servant, you've been responsible in a few things. I'll give you a few more things to be responsible. And do you remember what the last servant did? He buried it. Now we can say, oh, that's really funny. It's like putting it under your mattress or whatever. But no, he buried it. Like what? Like a seed. Hoping that without any work, it might bloom and bear fruit. Now you can read the rest of that parable on your own. But this law of what you sow, you reap is important. We're familiar with this. How you spend your time and how you spend your money. And I would add one more thing. How you spend your data plan on your cell phone can tell you a whole lot about the harvest that you will reap. Uh, we, we find this throughout pop culture, throughout the songs and poems of our, uh, of our lives and our civilization, that when we spend our time on what matters, we are blessed because of it. Read Psalm chapter 1. A tree planted by streams of water, right? When we plant ourselves near life-giving places, we reap the harvest of life. And when we don't, well, everything does happen for a reason. When we look at the second reason that we might encounter when we say everything happens for a reason, it may be that what's happened to us is because of our willingness to follow God's direction or not. Now, no one likes to talk about sin, right? Um, But it's important for us to talk about sin. 
You know, uh, my Old Testament uh, professor said that uh, there are two sections to the Bible, and I thought, I got this one, Old Testament and New Testament. He says, no, there's, um, there, there is Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and then there's the response to the fall. I mean, God created a perfect world, and, and Adam and Eve messed it up for all of us, or we inherited that confusion as well. Um, if you go back to the Greek, uh, the Greek word for sin, and I'm going to butcher this because it's all Greek to me, is harmasha, right? Um, it is this word that says um, to miss the mark. And I've always fancied myself an archery uh, person. I, I don't own a bow and arrow, but I've always fancied myself, right? And if you are doing target practice with a bow and arrow and you miss the mark, the chances are you could hit someone you love. Do you get that idea? That sin is not just a victimless crime, but that oftentimes when we don't follow God's direction and instead take our own choices, there are consequences to our actions. It's not that God is up in heaven like a seven-year-old boy with a magnifying glass on a 102-degree day zapping ants on the sidewalk but rather God has set the world up and we have chosen not to follow God's will. And there are consequences for that. Now, you might say, Peter, this is quite a depressing sermon. You've told us that we are responsible for our own actions and that we might have consequences if we deviate from God's will. Yeah, but let me give you the upside because everything does happen for a reason. When we spend time reading in the Bible, we find that God's providence is good, that that the good work that God has started in us, God will bring to fruition in the day of Christ Jesus. I mean, Paul writes this from being imprisoned wrongfully. He has gone through earthquakes, shipwrecks, beatings, and riots. And the man says, God is working all things for good. There is a reason why everything happens to us. I want to pull out two stories in the Bible that might help us understand how God's providence happens even in the midst of suffering. Now, Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, I'm sorry, Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors, is the story of a younger brother who lords it over his older brothers that dad likes me best. And his brothers beat him up, sell him into slavery, and tell dad, oops, he got eaten by a wild animal. I mean, wow, right? There are consequences to our actions. Don't, don't go nyan, 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 nyan to your older brothers, especially if they're really older than you. And then also, don't beat up your little brother, because it always comes back around. (laughs) But what we see is the beginning of a set of events. Uh, Joseph is sold into slavery. It ends up in uh, Pharaoh's house. He is um, caring and taking care of things, and he gets accused of being sexually inappropriate with Pharaoh's wife. I mean, this is just going downhill from here. All he did was go, nyan, nyan, nyan. And then we have a series of events that happen 
that Joseph finds himself interpreting the dreams of Pharaoh and becoming responsible for a large portion of the economic engine of Egypt's uh, economy. And when immigrants come, fugitives come to find a place in the midst of drought and famine, who is at the right hand of Pharaoh? But Joseph, the little brother who still loves his family. Do you see that in the midst of all of those difficult choices, all of those reap what you sow, all of those consequences for deviating from God's will, we find that yet God's will is done, that God is working all things together for the good of those who love him. You can also take the story of Esther as well. I love the story of Esther. You might have picked up on that in the last couple of years because Josh has preached on it chapter by chapter. We have referred to it regularly. We have talked about it during Bible study. I love Esther because nowhere in the text of the book does God have an action or does God have a word or does God do a miracle? But yet in that moment, you have an uh, immigrant woman who is adored by the king, who is selected for the harem, um, who is um, told to be quiet and not talk, or she dies at the hands of the king's rule. And then uh, court subterfuge happens. That there is someone in the king's court who wants to kill <clears throat> all of the Jews. And this immigrant woman is told, you should speak to the king. And she says, no, I'd die. He'd kill me. And, and, and the wise person says, no, if you don't, who will? Because God will bring up another faithful person to do what's right. And so in the midst of all of that intrigue and difficulty and suffering, there's not even a, a breath of God miraculously moving except for the fact that a woman speaks truth to power and the king listens. Everything happens for a reason. It's just not always the reason we thought it was. Friends, I want to encourage you to think about those reasons because there are folk outside these walls who believe that we believe that everything happens for a reason, that hurricanes hit places with sinfulness, that diseases target populations that don't abide by God's law, that earthquakes happen when we are not faithful to God's call. Everything happens for a reason. But remember, there are many reasons that happen because of our sowing and reaping, because of our choice of sinful behavior that harms others and ourselves. But never forget that, that the one who started a good work in you is loyal and trustworthy and will continue to bring it to completion in the time of Christ Jesus. Even in the midst of a pandemic, even if you're imprisoned, even if there are shipwrecks and earthquakes and riots, everything happens for a reason. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.